courtesy of Bow sports.com stitcher.com itunes you can subscribe to this lovely sexy wonderful podcast for free tune in media for your mobile devices google play podcast and we are also on the spot five welcome in ladies and gentlemen to the show that we so lovingly call bow on bulls the show totally utterly and foreverly dedicated to the chicago bulls and nba talk i am big dave i am c dub Dub, I have to take a second to thank everybody for their participation in our Tournament of Trash this year, Uh, 7th Annual Tournament of Trash. We did the worst uh, ball sports takes uh, this year. Uh, As usual, it was funny. It was awesome. Uh, And Chris, I mean, I have to congratulate you uh, for coming out on top, uh, for having the absolutely worst take, uh, according to the fans vote. Uh, The fans voted this. Uh, You had the worst take in ball sports history when you said uh Luka Doncic uh would not be good uh I was surprised I must say I was a little <laughs> surprised that that you won uh I was I was thinking the number three seed uh Zach Levine as a Ricky Davis type was was more egregious and worse uh but you're the number one seed for a reason and you know you, you took on the trophy man congratulations to you you know first of all it's not done yet uh, we're doing a recount <laughs> And, uh, Gavin Newsom out here, said, All right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, mess some messing some votes. I don't show Twitter, you know, they ended up down all the kind okay. of stuff. Well, well, we're doing the recount. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, Katie didn't agree with it. He, Katie Duffy, our friend, didn't agree with it. No, uh, a couple of Bulls we, fans didn't we, agree with it. We need it. new yeah. laws. Not everyone should be voting. We need know? new laws. <laughs> we need new like, laws. you know, I think, you know, honestly, it's too easy to vote. So, like, okay. All right. All right. Like, you know, you show up, first of all, I have a podcast, you want to vote. That's yes, all. yes. You should own a home. Mm-hmm. You should own a home, yes, yeah. yes. You should own a home to vote. Uh, you have to have a car. Yes, this is just to vote on Twitter. You need all yeah, these things. Yeah, just on Twitter. I, yes, yes mm-hmm. I think, you know, mm-hmm. everyone just can't vote like that. Because they don't, you know, no. educated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they don't know. yeah they don't no, know. no, no. Everybody doesn't deserve the right to get on Twitter and answer a oh. poll from, <laughs> from a local Chicago sports podcast. No, you need I mean, all these things. Folks. You don't need, you know, it's too easy. I want an ID card now. So now you gotta, you know, email me. <laughs> show me some identification. Let me know that you're you, you're voting on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so when the recount's over with, I'm gonna win and we're gonna have uh, a new rules. <laughs> okay. When is this recount, when is this happening, this recount? When is this happening? I can't tell you everything's going on. Okay, I, I, need, I mean, I'm a part of the show. I, I gotta know when the recount happening, right? They got a bunch of red pens. <laughs> they're going to Twitter right now. Marking out some ballots. These votes, okay. Okay. All right. Well, when he has I that, think, uh, multiple people have multiple accounts. Oh, okay. You think people are voting twice? Yes, Stuff in the yes. ballot box. Some now dead people voted on Twitter. Oh, so you took it real back to Chicago. We going real Chicago yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Think, yeah, I think we all know D. Jackson had the worst take, so we're gonna. It, it was a terrible take, but I mean, you you can't dismiss how terrible yours was either. Like, we can't do that either, sir. So it kind of shows me that people actually probably thought he was Ricky Davis type. Is that what that says? <laughs> it means like people actually thought Levine was a Ricky Davis type. It's like, well. yeah. I think I was the proudest thing for me is people mm-hmm. kept asking me, "Did I say those things?" And I think my proudest moment was to telling them I said neither one of these things. <laughs> I had nothing to do with either one of these things, and I was very very proud of that. <laughs> I mean, Fred, Fred, and Mark were ready to go in on me because uh, they oh, thought yeah. I said this, and I was like, "No." And then <laughs> Dub actually got on Twitter with something that does not happen. <laughs> yes. That's that's what I knew it was serious when you got on Twitter and, and started talking to people. So, yeah, but you know, you won. It was fun as usual. 
uh, we'll do it again next year. And yeah, we'll see what we do next year, man. And hopefully we'll do it uh, bigger and better. We'll see what's happening with that. Yeah, it's great, man. We had a lot, of, a lot of listeners for this, uh, for this uh, tournament. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. All right, let's get to today. So we have a special guest on with us today. Um, this man, out of the blue, just completely contacted me uh, and just wanted to talk basketball. And you know me, Dove. Like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. You want to talk basketball? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Um, and just speaking with him uh, on, our, on our Zoom call, uh, it was just a really great conversation. And he was telling me some things I had never even thought of before about uh, how you how to shooting the ball and how that can improve for a lot of guys uh, in the NBA and the method that he's teaching, that he's mm. trying to get out uh, to the people because he's trying to improve basketball. So I told him absolutely immediately as soon as we get you on this show, we're going to have you on, you know, and you can definitely talk directly to the people uh, about what you got going on. He is the founder of the Gallo Shot Making Method. You can go to his website at Roger Gallo. That's G-A-L-O, RogerGallo.com and check out everything that he's doing there. But right now he's with us today. We are affectionately calling him Big Raj. Give it up for our guy, Roger Gallo. What's up, my man? Hey, thanks so much. I love that introduction, especially the tail end of it. With the big Raj. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate chris there for his <laughs> award-winning performance <laughs> listen listen do you know hear me say this i told you this recount going on I I, yeah so like it's I like the strategy <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so start, you know, we know we're gonna get together we're gonna march up to twitter <laughs> you know execution cuts <laughs> you know oh man hilarious uh oh Raj, um I'm happy you're here, first of all. Thank you for coming on here and, and talking happy to, to us. Here. I mean that. Thank you. I'm very grateful. Yeah. I was very excited to get you on here, mainly because I told Chris nothing uh, about your conversation or anything we did, but he was the first person I thought of uh, when we were having this conversation because I was like, oh, he would absolutely love to hear this. So when I told him about you, he was like, absolutely, yeah. When we're doing this, I would love to hear uh, what you got going on. But before we get into that, I kind of want to know a little bit about you. Um where did um, where did the, your love, I guess, for basketball start? Because for you to come up with this method, um, that means you spend a lot of time out absolutely around the game and around players and things like that. So where did your love for this game of basketball begin? Well, of all places, it, almost like destiny, it, it happened in Indiana, just outside wow. of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, of course, I don't have to tell you guys in the audience – that that's the hoop state. But that's exactly where I first got my hands on a ball and experienced that sensation, that swish, which wasn't my first, but by no means the first time I ever shot. But soon after I picked up a ball and I started to see that effect and hearing mm. that sound, it I was I was captivated. I mm. just fell in love instantly. That ball became my girlfriend. Mm, mm. <laughs> you know, I kidly joke about it having dimples and it never <laughs> arguing with me. And blah, blah, blah. But that, that's the reality when I'm training little boys and girls that that should become your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But yeah. that's where it started. And from that moment, I, I, I mean, almost instantly, I thought, Jim, I want to play this. I want to play this sport, this game, and become as good as I could at it. 
and that's where it began. Uh, about 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then I got onto, I was fortunate enough to get onto a team. And that team in fourth grade was coached by a gentleman who was six feet six, who had us all sitting on the court at the time, the first practice. And he came out with one ball in each hand in his <laughs> basketball uniform, having played collegiately and, and, and overseas and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. dunking left-handed, dunking right-handed, and wowing us. Mm-hmm. And seated, as little kids, seated, he looked even bigger than 6'6". Six, six, right. Right? Right. <laughs> so it was an astonishing image that I still have as if it happened yesterday. And then he began a speech. And the speech included all the great things that basketball had done for him. Mm-hmm. And I was in awe. And I thought, gee. And I come from a coal mining family. Mm-hmm. as hard as that is to conceive of in today's world i'm thinking oh my god i i might want to go to college and try mm-hmm. to play basketball because of that introduction to the sport and understanding that that could be a ticket to doing that mm-hmm. so that's that became a dream uh, almost instantaneously i'm going to try to play college ball and try to go to college and continue to play ball. And then he talked about playing at another level where you could be selected to play in a, a kind of an all-star game that was like the, the precursor to the McDonald's All-American. It was called the Dapper Dan. The Pittsburgh Post gives that Dapper Dan Classic, which Sonny Vaccaro had mm. started back in the day, as they like mm. to say. And uh, it, it was an interesting concept in that, they pitted a hand-selected group from the state of Pennsylvania to represent the state. And they picked a group from all of the other states. And they came into Pittsburgh, and that team they put together challenged the Pennsylvania Stars. I didn't, I wasn't, I was an alternate for that. (laughs) That All all these years later, that dream kind of came through. Uh, true to some degree. And then I went on to play college ball. I was pretty well recruited. I ended up playing by virtue of just being a kid that didn't know any better in a, a little bit of an unusual family environment and mm-hmm. uh, ended up play, you know, uh, not playing for guys like Chuck Daly, uh, Pete Carrill, uh, Jimmy Valvano, mm-hmm. Don Haskins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, name. yeah. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. Well, I, yeah, I was a real bright young man. Anyway, I ended up playing Division <laughs> Three ball. Uh, try, I needed to go to college, right? I needed to get to college. Some <laughs> education. Todd Haskins. Yeah. <laughs> There's a name for the. So I, I went to a little college in Central PA by the name of Junietta College. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how to say Kind of had an easy time of it, obviously. Uh, became third in the country. The NBA found me. Okay. No social media. So when I went off for 50 points, <laughs> that wasn't like uh, widespreading, you know, uh, a million hits, blah, 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 blah. That wow. was, but Marty Blake from the NBA contacted me about playing professionally. Wow. And being the challenged young man that I was, I botched that too. <laughs> never even entered well i entertained it for 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 a heartbeat 
I, okay. I mean, it was, yeah, I'm not sure I'm good enough. Look where I ended up playing, blah, blah. And I yeah. doubted myself. And I, I never even went beyond that. Uh, began to go to work. Left basketball, you know, stopped playing right, just recreationally. Ended up uh, in, in the Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh area of Western PA. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, about 20, uh, quite a few years later, started revisiting my own shot technique what what made me so good i mean that's the only reason guys anybody showed any interest in me wait so you're not six foot six you're not six foot six with no. a, and dunking uh, over your while. head <laughs> <laughs> i'm genetically challenged as a basketball player because i'm six feet got you <laughs> so the scoring ability was what attracted anybody sure. um and that ability to shoot. And I bought in hook, line, and sinker, like most of us. If I read about it or heard about it or was instructed to do it by anybody, what mm -hmm. I ought to be doing, which became a traditional way of doing this, uh, I, I went out and practiced the heck out of it. And it was all predicated on reps, 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 reps. Mm -hmm. No real qualitative element. And I want to underscore that. No real qualitative element but a very heavily quantitative element, right? Mm -hmm. Reps, 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 reps. Right. Never questioned any of it. If I'm supposed to gooseneck because he did it or it was written about, I goosenecked the ball. If I'm supposed to launch it off of a certain part of my hand, the way traditionally we were taught, I did it. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, I guess I practiced more diligently, more regularly, I became better at it than most. And that was the reason I was a basketball star of some mm -hmm. sort. Um, only to find out many years later that none of this that I was taught and bought, bought into and had mastered to some degree was really supported by very much scientific rationale, uh, almost none. It was just something that became adopted, popular, so because it worked it. for yeah. him and him and him and her, and mm -hmm. it became the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that began a journey I, I didn't intend to take, right. but it's been about a 14, 15 year journey that is, has taken, brought me to this point where I'm right. having these kinds of discussions now with people like you, people in the NBA, people in, right. at the college level and, right. and training, you know, more or less one player at a time, trying to get it out there, realizing that's not a real effective way for a man of my age to try to get it out there. But, but the exciting part is, I, I hope this becomes the legacy I leave behind when I do leave, that this might be the next great way to learn how to shoot a ball more effectively, more consistently, faster, more seamlessly, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and benefit from all those advantages that can be you can benefit from. So that, me, that was my journey. <laughs> okay, that's an amazing journey. It's not over yet. <laughs> it's, not, it's still going. It's still going. Um, every time we have uh, someone who played on our show, we always ask them the same question. And I, 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 we love the answers because everybody always remembers. Uh, but can you tell us your greatest game well, that you played? The best game that you played? It could be high school, collegiate level, wherever. But for in your opinion, the greatest game that, that you ever played? I guess I'd have to say it was that 50-point game. Um, it was in regulation time. That game went into three overtimes. Wow. I only played in regulation time. I had, wow. a, team, I had a teammate in my – yeah, and we, we didn't have 
a time clock, a shot clock. We or a three-point line, a, right? A three-pointer. Yeah. That wasn't, right? So, and I had distance. I shot out there. Mm-hmm. I had a green light. And as an aside, because I'm a, I'm a, a teacher, uh-huh. I, I, er, I warn those who have a green light, don't abuse it. I, I abused it. <laughs> I would make shots more difficult than they needed to. I would attempt, excuse me, I would attempt shots that were, I made more difficult than I needed to, to prove I could make them. <laughs> right, right. I would make them all. <laughs> <laughs> but you made enough how of much, them. Yeah. How much better would I have been if I I respected and had some, some discipline yeah. within that green light mentality right right so right. i do i do impart that knowledge i've gained over the years so i guess yeah. i have smartened up a little bit right. <laughs> but you dropped but, 50 yeah, yeah and, and that wasn't that wasn't a, uh that was somebody in some regards yeah my most exciting game also i had a player a teammate in my ear say roger you could break the mc dump this guy was a stat machine <laughs> <laughs> Roger, you've got 28 points at the half. If you keep keep at this pace, you can break. He knew all this stuff. It was like wow. a walking encyclopedia. Anyway, wow. I ended up fouling out in regulation time. That was probably my most exciting game. So, so you defense, right? <laughs> he, he was a shooter, baby. He was a shooter. So, who 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 were you all playing against? Like, who were y'all? Uh, uh, that was uh, that. Oh, that was a good question. That I God, I haven't thought about this in a long time. But that was a Division Two team. Mm. I think they had just uh, reverted. I think is the best way to reverted from a, uh, or had just become. I forget. They had just. They were either a Division Two team that dropped down. Yeah, mm-hmm. they must have dropped down to a Division Three team. Okay. Uh, or they were in the process of going through that, and we ended mm-hmm. up playing them out of New York, Kings Kings College out of New York. Kings College. Wow. So that added a little. Uh, and truth be told, when I went home to this in the summer, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if well, you guys will know this thing. I, I would go back and, and try to run games in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. There were guys like Norm Nixon yeah. and other pretty good ball players. Yeah, I'd go out there playing my D level three ball. <laughs> no, right. That's what I've acclimated to mm-hmm. go back there and, and walk and leave with my tail between my <laughs> legs because I'm still playing like I'm at Juniata college against right. these guys. Mm-hmm. And right. that ain't working. <laughs> that ain't <it. laughs> so I had to, I had to go back and rethink, wait a second. I got to go back. I got to, I, I can't not show up again. That'll right. be embarrassing. So I, when I go back, I got to be prepared to up my game to yeah. the level that I'm going to be playing against. And you know how we, you've heard this over the year, you kind of play up. Right. To that to level competition. Of competition. Right. Or you play down. Right. I hated right. playing down. Hating. <laughs> Those were usually my worst games. Mm. Yeah. Just like, you're just, are you kidding? You know, that kind of mentality. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated to go score 50 against this team. Right, right. Coach, I right. don't even want to play. Wait, right. I don't even want to play. Right. Yeah, because it was almost. It was just a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, man. Like scoring 50 without a three-point line in any on any level yeah, of collegiate you. sports is, is impressive. Honestly, <laughs> very impressive. Um, so let's get into uh, what you're doing now. What you say you've been doing for the past 14 or 15 years. 
uh, kind of talk about how it came about and and really what it is that that you're trying to impart on people today. Well, pe people that started hearing about me revisiting my shot and, and analyzing it and questioning elements of it and all that started. Some people would call me or say, hey, friends that knew me or people that had seen me play back and whatever the case was. Hey, did you see the article in the New York Times about foul shooting? And that was a big uh, black font, New York style, font style caption. Mm -hmm. New York Times, one of the most revered papers in the world. Mm -hmm. Foul shooting, 50 years of practice, comma, no results. Mm. Well, I got to read that. What is that about? I'm watching players that are so much taller at that time, so much stronger, so much longer, so much better equipped, right? They've got core specialists, yoga instructors, nutritionists. <laughs> They've got all these advantages. And foul shooting had not improved in five decades. Mm. I, I'm, I'm interested. Mm. Am I? What? Why? And, and truth be told, I was a 77% foul shooter in college. Mm. And I practiced pretty dill. I'm almost embarrassed to say, I probably put up a thousand foul shots a week mm -hmm. to become a 77% foul shooter. Mm. I'm not beating my chest, guys. Look at how great I am from foul shooting. That's not a great number for a guy. You know, a guy seven feet five, that might be <laughs> right, right, back in right, the day. But right. I, can't, I shouldn't be able to get away with that. So I started, re, you know, started analyzing my own shot based on New York, uh, USA Today, an article that came out a few years ago that the NCAA men's division one level basketball average points per game tied a record that I think dated back to the 1950s. Mm. Wait a second. No shot clock, no mm. three pointer. The pace of the game was not anywhere near the pace of the. How could we uh, tie a, that few number of points being scored in the last 10 years with the changes, the evolution of the game, mm -hmm. with all those other the shot clock, the three point shot, right? So those things motivated me. I started questioning. But who am I questioning? The people I'm most familiar with, the people that, that I've become a member of the community of basketball people. Mm -hmm. And they were very bright minds that I'm having questions, I'm, I'm posing questions to. Mm -hmm. uh, and they give me, uh, with all due respect, they give me some of the mo more simplified, flippant kind of answers. Well, you know, everybody does it. What, God, Coach, why do I need, why did you, when did the, the gooseneck came, come about? When was that introduced? Um, what elbow under? When did that become a popular part of shooting who who introduced that blah 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 and and so i became a bit of a historian in the process of this journey because i had to i had to do some research to find out who did it when did they did it man it dated way back further than i ever imagined so the point is i i couldn't get the right i couldn't get bona fide answers that seemed to make real to, to support either why we did it or to satisfy me in the response. I went outside and I'm calling you guys from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Well, this began in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for me, this journey. Mm -hmm. And I had the, for, the good fortune of having universities like Temple and, and Penn and other universities around me. I could go into the Keneal 
kinesiology department. I could barely say the word kinesiology, <laughs> but they, they, I'd find a professor and I, you know, I wasn't lucky enough to go up to one professor and, oh, he's the guy. They're, they, many of them wouldn't talk to me, but I found, I would keep going back, talking to physics professors until I found one that would have a conversation with me. And I would show them clips of video that I was starting to take of myself shooting with things like a boxing glove on my hand. Why am I showing you a video of me with a, a, a heavy bag boxing glove, no fingers, curled over, you've seen it, I'm sure. And I'm, I think I'm going to become a better shooter doing this by changing something that I think I've stumbled onto. I can't get my head around it. Can somebody help me? And that was my attitude. I went to them, talked to them, and then I started discovering a lot of things about the anatomy, mm. things about biomechanics, things about geometry that play a role in shot making, things about how the body ought to move, not how we made it work in terms of making baskets or shooting, but what parts of those movements might lend themselves even more effectively to becoming either more consistent, maybe more quicker as a shooter, and in the process, create a seamlessness uh, that we like to talk about with some shooters like Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. Damian Lillard, maybe a little bit. Uh, and, and does that have any inherent advantages to consistency and speed and undefendability? Yeah. And so that just kept sucking me in, gentlemen. And it just kept, I, I wanted to find out more. Why do, we, why do we stand at the foul line the way we were, were instructed? Mm -hmm. and, and one of the biggest revelations, and there were many that have come out of this in the 14th, were the number of inefficiencies I began recognizing during this journey. Inefficiencies in the way we were taught. The three-point, uh, I'm sorry, the triple threat. Everybody knows about triple, triple threat. Mm -hmm. That's not as threatening as you might think mm -hmm. based on my discoveries, uh, based on my experiments. What do I mean by experiments? Last Yesterday, I just had a former, well, He's a former player from the NBA come into my gym. Mm -hmm. And I got a chance to test the efficiency against him bodying me up on the low post. Mm. Wait a second. <laughs> a 24-year-old. <laughs> it's laughable, right? Yeah. It's laughable. And, and I appreciate you laughing because I, I'm laughing about it. <laughs> I'm telling him where I'm going to score and how he's not going to be able to do anything about it. And he's bodying wow. me up with his arm up. <laughs> he's got wow. a four-inch wingspan. Look at me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Successful on both attempts. <laughs> gave him a second chance. I won't name him because I, I, I... Right, right, right. He's, he's trying to earn more minutes and more right. respect and more right. money. Right. And I might be working with him. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Whoa, what, what's behind that? Some of the science that I've uncovered, some of the advantages within it that I've uncovered. Having been a basketball player, I've been able to incorporate, A, acknowledge them. Wow, why deny them? Why try to debunk them? Why not be open to finding out whether they work or not? 
And that's kind of why I'm always interested in talking to people that are willing to talk to me like you gentlemen are. Uh, why not? I mean, I've had discussions with people on their practice facility at the NBA level earlier in this path, this mm -hmm. journey, who, who needed help in the most severest of ways from my two areas of specialty, the free ball, Fasha, and the three ball. How important has the three ball become to today's game? Wait, they're my two areas of specialty. And, <laughs> and they've said to me, and I, again, I won't name them, um, Roger, it would be embarrassing to our coaching staff if, if, if we were to entertain this. <laughs> mm, wow. Well, that, that whole coaching staff is gone. <laughs> Shocking, right? Shocking. 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 Okay. Anyway, I, I'm not to call it here to call anybody out on the carpet, but no, no, no. that open-mindedness we'd all like to think we all have. Yeah. Maybe not is not as open-minded as it needs to be in some cases. Um, and I'm not asking anybody to, to accept any of this, but with that situation, Big Dave and Chris, I I I said, I literally said to them bring out a player in five or 10 minutes, you're going to see whether this is warranted, it's that merited or is not. Mm. I mean, there, there's not any way of concealing that. And we're on their practice facility. I got, I got a question. So you, you said a whole lot and I, and I, it's fascinating because a couple of things came to mind. Baseball. Mm. Because we know baseball, they you could break down a swing uh -huh. ten times ways, ten million ways. And what I'm hearing from you is that there is there wasn't that level of, of investigation as far as how a shot is taken. We take for granted or this skill, you know, it's it's magic, they're just talented, it just happens that way. So so I'm so fascinating that you that you took it to that level uh, for yourself. And also I'm curious about Something I'm really fascinated about, and probably can't get into a lot on this podcast, but you mentioned the fact that you had the, did a lot of research about why we shoot a certain way, how we stay on the line. Um, did you, how, how in depth did you get into the research? Uh, did, was it was it video? Did you have documents or did you keep track of oh. all that? Or did you have to present that to coaches? Like, hey, this is our research. This is this is proof that I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated to the job and, and, and what I'm doing. Like, I'm doing great question. Um, yes, I I did the research. Yes, I did the experimentation. Uh, yes, I videotaped some elements of it. And no, I haven't presented it to many. Interesting. Mm -hmm. and, and the biggest reason is they haven't been intrigued enough. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I'm intrigued. <laughs> and and but you it's interesting chris that you said baseball mm -hmm. and golf yeah two different communities mm -hmm. comparatively i mean i hate to say it but if if i walked into a clubhouse <laughs> with the notion and i played golf during corporate my corporate life right. if, if i had a, a little device that I quietly, sheepishly pulled out and said, hey, I think this might take two strokes off of, I would have an immediate, uh, wow, look, can I see that? What, what, show, tell me about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was disappointing to find that that eagerness, that inquisitiveness, mm-hmm. isn't what I've have I've been the recipient of from the basketball community. I mean, mm-hmm. it, now I'm going high level basketball community, mm-hmm. but wait, I, I was a pretty prolific scorer. I mm-hmm. changed, not changed, I abandoned everything I had apparently mastered, which everybody out there that's a shooting coach of any stature is still teaching. Mm-hmm. I, I had no inkling or inclination to become a, and I hate this term, shooting coach, because it's gotten watered down mm-hmm. uh, over the years. And by the way, and, and announcers will say this covering the game. Well, you know, every coach considers, fashions themselves as a shooting coach. (laughs) And that's even at the high school level. So, but that was disappointing to find that, yeah, that open-mindedness, that eagerness to, or, or, you know, there might be something evolving here. Mm -hmm. Um, That has been the most disappointing and frustrating part of this whole process, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I left corporate America prematurely. And I'll admit that was not, remember that part about I wasn't a very bright young man. I'm not so sure how bright I am as an old man, but as an older man, but I thought, well, wait, wait until they get a look at some of the capability within this, this program. Right. I mean, I'm able, this isn't about me being able to score against a guy. I had a guy from Beijing's international team, seven feet three, just seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I shot a three point attempt for, over him testing the speed of shot while they were in Philadelphia doing part of a, a, a national tour, if you will. Mm-hmm. Ended up playing against the Los Angeles Lakers or some team <laughs> eventually on the West Coast. I pulled off a three-point jump shot attempt, made it, and unbeknownst to me with the group over there taking a water break watching this from Beijing, they're going nuts. They're high-fiving each other. I'm thinking, wow, this, this is as fast. Now, what do, you, what do I mean by me being amazed by how fast this was? I'm advanced in my years. I'm a shell of the athlete I was. And I just pulled off without dribbling away against a player who went up against Yao Ming, who is seven feet three. Not Yao Ming. We know he's tall. Right, right. But this player who's got his hand on my hip. And I'm shooting a jump shot over. Okay, I want to hear about this. So, so mm-hmm. tell me. So break down to me, like, to me, like the core principles of uh, what, you, what you're teaching. Because, like, I'm hearing speed means a lot. Speed. Yeah, I'm. I'm very ignorant about this right now. So talk to me. Tell me. Tell me the principles, the core principles of the of, of making that making the, making the, the, the three point shot, or how you successfully hit a shot on Yami. Another great great question. Uh, over the decades. Mm-hmm. The traditional, conventional shot system taught by any shooting coach of any worth, any coaches playing basketball, coaching basketball, and most have played play ball and then end up coaching, right? Golden rule. You got to jump off the floor. You've got to rise to your apex. That was the, the peak of your jump. Right. And then you release. And then you release, yes. But, who do you think shot that way? Roger Galo. Ended up being third in the country, right? Blah, 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 blah. NBA prop, blah, 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 blah. At six feet tall. What, I jumped 48 inches? 
No, I did not have a 48 inch vertical. All right. Uh, no. Okay. Out of the shock. But whatever my apex was, I would get to it and release. Now, Roger Galo and Big Dave or Chris were both the same height. What both of you jump 30 inches to your apex and then you release. Roger Galo jumps 10 inches and then he releases. Really complicated, right? Who do you think shoots faster? I'll say the person that doesn't have to jump so high. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. I mean, oh my, that's hard to get my head around, right? That's speed. How much faster did I just become launching from start to finish? Now you're you're talking with a gentleman, a player, who was renowned for his beautiful textbook jump shot. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I mean, Rick, I'm going, I'm dating myself now. Rick mm-hmm. Mount. Not very far removed from J.J. Reddy, Clay Thompson, blah, 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 right? Rick Mount, Purdue, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal shooter at Purdue University. I've patterned my shot after him. Textbook. Wow. What's not to like about it? Well, met decades later, I became, I'm faster now than I've ever been in my life as a shooter mm. at an what? advanced age because I'm shooting. No, may I interrupt you a second? Oh, right, right, yeah, right. I want to hear the question. There's a player in the NBA that demonstrates the value of that. Guess what player that is more than any other player that, that's been highlighted? Steph Curry. Right. Uh, there's another player who's a left-handed player who highlights it, but we, we don't recognize him as – and he's recognized with all due respect by the name of James Harden. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't think James Harden gets a 40 inch air and then releases mm-hmm. on that little move at the top of the key, mm-hmm. right? Between the leg move, uh, dribbling back and forth, and boom. He's shooting earlier. Mm-hmm. He's faster. He's yeah. harder to contest because of that earlier release. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. He's what there was a who was the guy? Was it Terry? Did Terry come and shoot on the way down or up? What you I'd have to look at the video in all candor. I'd have to look at the video, but it's funny because immediately when you mentioned you say on the I, way down, though, Chris, I think he did. I think he shot on the not think he shot on the way up. He, okay. behind his head on the way up, he shot definitely behind okay. his head for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ah, behind yeah, it's that part I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and another a guy that reminds me of is uh. I think Michael Adams kind of had like a quick jump. Yeah, he, he uh, jumped really high. Michael Adams yeah. was, was real yeah, high. Yeah, he jumped high. He didn't jump high. But Chris Jackson, Muhammad Raouf, had a really quick jump in release. Mm-hmm. That was lethal in the NBA. He's he's another guy that reminds me. Who who is that? Harden? Who in the pack? Because like I think I think I think oftentimes people overlook why things are happening, and that's what you kind of look at. You look at the why. And yeah. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure there are players who just naturally just found. That your method or method, something similar to your method, this works, and they had no clue why. And so, their players like Harden, whatever, they're probably they're, they're, they're shooting these shots using kind of like your technique, but 
but but don't they don't have any scientific reason behind it, but they know it works. Well, you're yeah. you're great. You're great. You're a great. This is like a scripted. This feels like a scripted almost because the line of questioning you're giving me it are are they're so pertinent. And the reality, one of the discoveries is when I met with Kyle Korver, I you know you assume God the guy's in the NBA for one reason, right? He he can shoot. He knows his shot better than anybody. And when I met with him and I had a photo of him with his shooting technique captured, still photo, newspaper article, his, the look on his face when I asked him if he knew where his guide hand was said, A, he wasn't sure, mm -hmm. he wasn't verbalizing, and B, it said to me immediately, there's no way I'm going to tell him where it is. I'm going to show, that's why I had the picture. Be, because I'll share this with you. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get me into trouble, and I don't think it will. But I, Evan, Evan Turner, yeah, you yeah. okay? Right here. Yeah, now, awesome. I'm sitting. Chicago. I'm sitting with Kyle Corver, and I'm going to suggest to Kyle verbally that he shoots a little bit like <laughs> no. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm going to no because that'll be the end of our relationship. Right. Have a nice day, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you. Here you go. And I right. held up the picture. And his the look on his face was he didn't know ex exactly as well as you would assume. And I was guilty of assuming he knew his shot better than he might. To your point, Chris. It'd be repetition, 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 repetition. Well, that doesn't involve much intellect. Mm. That doesn't involve much concentration or focus. It's, it's a physical movement. Give me the ball, boom. Give me the ball, boom. Give me the ball, boom. I, it, there's no time to think, to analyze, to consider, to, to evaluate. To, and that's a big part of what's wrong with the way we train. Uh, what one of the I mentioned this, and I, I hope I'm not getting off track. And if I do, bring me back in because I want to. Uh, this is such an important element. What he did recognize when he saw the photo, and I didn't have to lead him into this, that he had to move that in order to shoot. When are you moving it? You're in the air. How disruptive might that be while in the process of doing that? And the reason he and I were having a meeting was because at that time, he led the NBA in foul shooting. He was the king, that was the article, the king of foul shooting, NBA, 92 and some change. But he was a woeful 29% from the three. Wow. Those two shots ought to be very yeah, astonishing, right? A yeah. woeful. And, and, and by the way, that wasn't the time period we met. He, this was years later. He had left Philadelphia and blah, blah, blah. We, mm -hmm. And then he, we connected when he was with the land, um, Ch Chicago. And, and between Chicago and Atlanta, we had that meeting. And I showed mm -hmm. him that picture. And he connected. Some guys are able to connect the dots pretty quickly. 
and and he recognized, yeah, that hand has got to be moved, and maybe it should, doesn't need to start there. Hmm. What if it didn't start there? Then I don't have to move it. Well, if I don't have to move it while I'm trying to shoot, would that stabilize me, hmm. or would it destabilize me? Hmm. Obvious, you know, and that's a rhetorical question. But he he did something with it because he went on to have his two highest three point shooting. Seasons, seasons in percentages with Atlanta. That's true. Now, now, truth be told, I had one more discussion or suggestion mm-hmm. that he that he poo pooed. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and the and I'm laughing about it because about a year later, I think the coach had the same thought apparently and mm-hmm. made a similar suggestion to him. Understand and me understanding that that coach wielded a lot more power over his minutes than I did. Right. Because he told me how, and I remember his arms going up. That's not, that's not me. I don't do that. And what I was suggesting was, and maybe I shouldn't share this, but uh, adding a dimension, adding one more dimension to your game. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what you do and how you do it by this time in your career. What can you do that shakes them up a little bit, that trips them up a little bit? Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I hope that answered. But uh, I, and, and tell me if that didn't answer it completely. But no, we assume it, that they know every element of their shot and what they're doing that is good about it, what they're doing that isn't good about it. And the yeah. reality is they do not. Oftentimes yeah. they do not. There are a lot of fa- yeah, there are a lot of factors. Like, you know, we all know people who shoot funny shots and it's – that way they shoot this appears natural to them, but they don't know, you know, it's amazing how the little things that we, that we just do that we don't pretty much break down in our lives. And sometimes the, the, there's an aspect of it too, that I don't want to think too much. One's been natural right. kind of thing. Well, you know what? And I hear that, I hear that uh, 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 paralysis through analysis a lot. Mm. I, I'm, I, I'm naming the famous shooting coach in the Philadelphia region. He, he was of that mindset. And the reality is sometimes understanding something, you might be able to simplify or economize the movements that you weren't aware of. That if you don't, the the expectation for any kind of significant improvement Mm -hmm. is connected directly to that. And they shouldn't be very, very big expectations. Right. Now, what if you were to eliminate some of that by virtue of changing one element? How do you do it? Well, one element, one move may trigger four or five other elements that are negatively impacting that overall production level, that performance level, that inconsistency level. Right. Well, wait right. a second. And I, I raised that for this reason. At some point about seven or eight years ago, I began recognizing and counting the number of variables that are universally present in a basketball shooter's movements, female, male. I stopped at 57. 57 variables in the traditional shooting system that I had mastered to some degree and if that is where I stopped, 
and there were probably more. I'm sure there were more. I didn't count the 10 fingers as 10 variables. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had done that, that would have been another eight or nine, right? No, I wasn't trying to do that, but I, I decided I'd stop there. What if I said to any ball player, to any coach, coach, you've got a roster of 12, 15 players. What if I could re- diminish those number of variables by 10, by five mm-hmm. on each player? What impact could that have collectively on a team's performance? And the impact doesn't have to be that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we begin talking about the Bulls, the, the, there are percent, two, one percent, two percent that separates them from becoming a lot better than a 31 41 team. Right. And we're not talking about a eight percent increase from the field goal. Per- no, we're talking about a very small impact. So if I could reduce the number of variables in any one player's performance, his execution of movements, mm-hmm. then wouldn't it just naturally follow that you'd expect an improvement? It's not that wow, look at how great a trainer I am, but look at what I've done. I mean, look at the video and see the movements com- comparatively. And some of it's that simple. Now, is that analysis? I mean, paralysis by analysis? I'd argue no. No, I've actually simple. What am I trying to do then? I'm trying to simplify or reduce the number of variables. Well, that should make you faster. Kyle, I should have mentioned that. Kyle had a very slow, and this is what intrigued him. This is what precipitated the meeting. Because he had said to me, I've never worked with a shooting coach. And I think my response to him was probably, I'm glad because I, I, I don't like the term shooting coach. And I'm not, don't think of me as a shooting coach. Uh, I'm more of an offensive efficiency uh, specialist. I'm more of a basketball shooting dynamicist. Something, mm-hmm. I'm studying movements, right? Anyway, he would literally, and, and there's a, there's a if, I'm going to share this with you guys. There's a company out there promoting the rationale or justifying why when a player and then the simplification of the justification is, well, you know, Kobe did it and he does it and they'll show flash video of everybody doing this. They're literally advocating catching a pass, dropping the ball only to bring it up because you've got to generate power to shoot. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Inter- interesting, right? Yeah, Wait a just, second. Yeah. The, the player I had in yesterday, Chris, he, when, when I filmed him doing just that, and I didn't have to instruct him to do that, he does that, right? We, as basketball players, I'm sure I did that over my – and then he saw what I'm trying to get him exposed to. Mm-hmm. He immediately came to the conclusion – no wonder you're so fast. Hmm. Wait, wait a second. I, I'm a lot weaker to you than you too. So that argument, which is one of their justification points, uh, you, you generate more power. So you have more strength. You, you can feel the, wait, we're talking about guys who are uh, freakishly gifted. They're in the weight room all the time. They're, and, and they're shooting 25 feet from the basket. And I'm doing it in my advanced age. And I'm not struggling. 
You think they're going to be, they, do they need to do that element? And does that part of adding variability and timing outweigh the other advantages that I'd rather see put in place? Wow. Let me, it, it's funny you brought up, um, when you were sitting there talking about Evan Turner, um, the person that I thought of was now Chicago point guard, uh, Lonzo Ball. Um, uh. Yes. Because I watched, we saw his shot uh, yes. and what it was from the three-point yes. line when he first got and the complete transformation of it yes. uh, to, into what it is now. So going from like a 30% three-point shooter to I believe he's like 37, 38 right about yes. now. But at the same yes. time, his free throw percentage went from about 50 to 78. I believe he's a 78% yes. shooter right now. Um, right. Watching his progression and what you saw, uh, what do you, what in your uh, experience and expertise, what do you kind of attribute that to? Well, a uh, uh, great question. And, and to buttress some of what, or relate to some of what Chris, Chris was asking me earlier in this interview here, this, mm -hmm. this program, a couple of things. And, and by the way, I talked to Fred Vinson, who is responsible in great measure for that, that improvement. Mm. Um, and we were talking about a lot of, the reality is, and no disrespect, I love the conversation Fred and I had about sure. what he's doing, what he was doing, how what the challenges there, and blah, 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 blah. I'm excited to, at some point, maybe get in front of him and share some other stuff with him. But because he introduced some structure alone, some structure alone, and probably was able to support it with some rational information you know like god you're you're moving the ball from here all the way over to here to launch it what if you were never over here mm -hmm. to begin with right but what could you expect to be gained from that well it takes time to bring it over to here <laughs> you're not 611 you you know um okay uh, mm -hmm. any more you want me to further support it? I could, because there are other elements going on. I could, right. But so you get that buy-in and, and some guys, and this isn't true of everybody. A lot of that is gotta be what's going on between those ears of, of Mr. Balls. Right. Cause some guys will poo poo that. Well, I, you know, I'm comfortable doing it and I don't want to change it. And well, now you're up. That's a little more difficult, but he, he made, he, he got the buy-in. That's a big part of this. He got the buy-in. And sometimes that can happen very quickly. Um, I'm sensing I got the buy-in yesterday with my demonstration against that player I had in okay. immediately. Um, anyway, now he's, now he's introducing some structure and rationale or support information that might be totally new to him because Alonzo never felt the real need. He dominated at the levels he had played up to that point, mm -hmm. he dominated. Now he's recognizing if he's a realist. Yeah, I, you know, this isn't working too well for me at this level. What can I do? What must I do? And I, I, I think I, I'd like to believe that had to be part of the thought process that helped Fred start gaining those kinds of improvements. And, and being allowed to, 
to incorporate them into a lot into his new technique and it's helped. And it's interesting you highlighted the connection between the three ball improvement and the foul shot improvement. Mm -hmm. And one of my biggest philosophies in my program is that the three ball shooting percentage should be much higher than what we've come to accept for that reason alone. Mm -hmm. How can we shoot? Why should we accept a player? And you have a player on the Chicago Bulls who went in the opposite direction. Archidiakono, right? Wait, I vividly recall, because I, I wanted to work with him when he was at Villanova. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't, obviously, but he, he's that good. Of, he's an 87% foul shooter. And he's shooting this percent from the next least contested shot in the game of bad. Okay, it's further out. Yeah, but it's it's not being challenged. It's right. one player. Right. I'm clipping him up so I can get a free shot off, a wide open shot. I'm not taking a shot that I've got to alter from 28 feet out. And if I am, I'm probably coming out of the game. Most <laughs> coaches probably won't let you take those kinds of shots. So, yeah. agreed? Yeah, no yeah. fair. Okay. So, <laughs> Now, the field goal shot is a tougher shot. Why? Because you're getting closer. To whom? And to what? The other defenders, help defenders, that are sneaking up on the other side, your blind side, uh, your primary defender, and then maybe another defender somewhere else coming over because you're getting closer to that basket. Right? You're not way out there where the Help defense is 20 feet west. The other help defense defender is 20 feet east. And the other are all down around the basket. So you're taking a wide open foul shot. Okay, you said that. With, with a jump. You said so much right there because – because I love the fact that you mentioned the, mentioned the mental. You brought that up because we know it's a player called Ben Simmons – Oh God! Yeah. Who, 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 who doesn't have the mentality to work? You with might him. be familiar with him. Yeah. yeah, I am very, very. Yes, I go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. I love. To, I love to get back to that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I like the fact that I know when I play basketball, I I used to shoot long range. I felt I could shoot for half court. Like if you if you're a shooter, you know that it, you know that this doesn't matter, right? I'm sure Larry Bird probably was like, I could shoot for half court if I want to, but that wasn't done in the game. Done up that back in the day. That was done right. now. And so it's interesting that that is a free shot. I remember, I was, you know, if you're a shooter, you put a half court, you go like, I'm open to half court. I can take the shot. It's, just, it's a yeah. jump shot. I can shoot. I, can I shoot. agree. It's, it's, it should go in. That mentality now is in the NBA, and yes, it is open shot. Now, of course, because of that, the game changed a little bit because you don't tap defenses. Of course, there's more to the, the NBA game than just shooting three-point shots, open shots. Drawing defenses and saying, well, I kind of right. But, but that's a good point, observation that you brought in, the fact that that's why the game is kind of like the way it is because – that shot is open more than a mid-range shot, which requires a lot of effort, posted up, height. You know, you get defenders guard, you know, guarding you versus the open shot, step back, like, you know, that we see, that we see today. But I want to hear your Ben Simmons, if you have Ben Simmons, <laughs> your thoughts on Ben Simmons. And, uh, and, and, and just, the, just uh, the mentality of a player, an athlete. And you've been around a lot of athletes, so you've seen different athletes, different mentalities, different work ethics. 
Um, yes, your thoughts about a professional, a professional athlete like Ben Simmons right now, who seems to refuse to shoot a jump shot in the ABA game. With regards to Ben, and I was in Vegas at the Summer League this past, you know, a few a month ago, I guess now, but uh, I was in Vegas and uh, I coincidentally had met with somebody who was supposed to meet with somebody from Clutch, unbeknownst to me, until the end of the conversation. And he, he and I delved into this technique of mine. And uh, I was so excited thinking that because of his reaction, he was very intrigued by this. Mm -hmm. And so much so that I felt he might say to the correct people, you know, I know a guy who's doing some very radically different kinds of things, mm -hmm. not the same old, same old stuff, but very radically different things. But his, his comment is that if I'm that radically different, wouldn't you kind of expect radically different results than what you've been accustomed to gaining over the years, trying whatever you've been trying? If that's not working, right? Try something else. So that meeting never happened. Okay. I was <laughs> very disappointed. Four years ago, maybe four and a half years ago, roughly, I'm watching film of Ben. Mm -hmm. And every time I watched film, I kept walking away thinking, I, I think he should be a right-handed shooter. I think he should be a right-handed shooter. Now, I'm gleaning that, not from only his jump shot. I'm gleaning that from the way he's maneuvering and dunking left-handed, right-handed. Now, I'm a bit of a dynamicist. I study motions, movements, right? Um, and I'm saying, if this has failed the way to the level, to the degree that it has failed everybody who's attempted to improve him, and even if it's not apparently failing, when we see video of Ben knocking down jumpers, practice, yeah. you know, in a shoot around thing, mm -hmm. Uh, in a quiet gym or, you know, just right. under whatever conditions. Why is it failing him under pressure? Hmm. And, and that's, that's a big part of it. Why isn't his confidence, his psyche being buttressed relative to his apparent improvement? Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not, obviously. That's evident, Right. That is evident. I don't want to get fouled. I don't even want to shoot a foul shot. I don't, you know, I don't want to even think about taking a jump shot in a game. So that's an interesting element. And so intriguing to me because I'm, he might, for the lack of a better, there might be a disconnect between his left body and his right brain. Hmm. And I honestly believe that. There might be a disconnect after all this time, now you want to argue that's more psychologically based? Yeah, fine, okay. It, but it's, it's there. It, they're, they're, don't ignore that because that's there. Uh, my program, I have seen the effect it's had on those types of athletes who have questioned their ability to knock down shots. Mm. And there seems to be a positive impact psychologically 
when they start understanding or experiencing the level of control I'm now giving them uh, physically, the level of control that they're gaining by the new movements, the fewer movements, the more repeatable controlled movements. Chris, you mentioned baseball, right? What if a shooter had the control over his shot that we expect a major league baseball pitcher to have, moving that ball wherever he wants within that strike zone? That's Would a fact. You expect that shooter to be a better shooter? It's fascinating. Because I, I was going to literally ask you the question about how do you how do you address the mental? <laughs> and you and you addressed it because I like the fact that you brought in something which is which is which is control. The control. humans feel they have control, they're more positive about themselves, their lives, because they control their fate. Anything, and, right? Right, anything. And, and and to point out the fact that Ben Simmons or any other shooter, that once you if you take, you know, practice your technique, you give them control. Oh, I control what I do now. I yeah. know what causes what. And Wait. and and so like even Ben Simmons, you're, you're kind of telling me that, well, his, his body is fighting against his left and right. And obviously he doesn't feel he has control over what he does. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love the fact that you, you, you notice that you recognize that, like, hey, you know, giving people control, giving, giving them the analysis information and now teaching them technique gives them control over what, how they shoot a shot, thus equals confidence because you have control over what you're doing on the court. Versus some random thing that you do and you don't know how to, how you get. Chris, you're spot on, and and a, a gosh, a number. I, I'm trying to think. Is probably five years ago. No, it was longer. Probably about four or five years into the journey, maybe ten years ago. Mm. I started. Yeah, because I had that that reference I made earlier about that pro team where I was on their practice facility floor, and they said, "Oh, it would be embarrassing to my." coaching staff and blah, 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 because of you're nobody, more or less, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who have you really worked with at that time? Blah, blah, you know, so I have no body of work, but you're not interested in challenging it either, seeing if it might have some air. But here's where I'm going with this. I remember saying to that group, guys, I train shooters that I work with to become shot makers, not just shot takers. And I do it with another way of training. I incorporate, I train them how to miss shots. And, and they, one of them raised her eyebrows and he goes, why, why would you do that? I said, because it adds a level of control that they might be able to call upon. And psychologically, it gives them a boost, understanding they've got that. They don't go in after a first half because they were lighting them up, questioning, pondering, am I going to be able to maintain this great shooting? Second half, or am I going to go cold? And, and by the way, that's a reality. But in, the, in the finals, Trey Young, Wow, look at him, his performance. Stellar, unbelievable. Two nights later, he's missing a lot of shots. Yeah. Well, what really happened? What happened? <laughs> he forgot what he did. 
what he's been trained to do, how to control it. Well, what really happened? And that flip it. Well, Roger, come on. Everybody's off every now and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had my nights off. I don't feel that way at all anymore. Mm. I'm never off. Wow. Wait, wait, why? <laughs> because I'm who? No, because the movements are simpler. I understand how they play a role and I exploit that. I take full advantage of that. And by the way, in the process, because there's fewer things, I feel freer. My psyche is freer. I'm not pressuring my, oh, I'm stepping up the line. This is a big shot. I've got to, man, if I don't sink both of these, this is going into overtime. I got a chance to win this game and I hope I make this. <laughs> That's the wrong attitude. Right. This is what I've prepped for. This is what I've, I've spent all the time in the gym for. This is my moment. My expectation is I got this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put it up on the board. Uh, wait, no. <laughs> The, the the stuff I've been exposed to isn't really strong enough to make me feel that way. That's a bit of a problem that you can't overlook. And yeah. what, now wait a second, what am I saying? I'm in essence saying that the program, the technique that I bought into hook, line and sinker for decades that I practiced uh, guesstimatedly over 1.3 million practice attempts over mm -hmm. a very long period of time to become the shooter I became still failed me. Mm. Why wouldn't it be ex exciting to wander beyond that and find if, if there is anything that might not make me feel that way, that uncertain about... Mm my ability to perform at the mo at this particular moment in time. Why am I getting stressed over it? Because I don't believe in that technique. I've, it's failed me too many times historically. I've had too many off nights. I've, it still isn't control under my full control. But what if it could be? What if you could adopt those movements? Then your psyche is all automatically going, staying out of that negative file. It's staying yeah. out of there. You're not yeah. going there.